This is Rachel Stewart for the WDAV Piedmont Arts Podcast. The Charlotte Symphony's next classical series concert is inspired by the cosmos. Music and imagery combine in a program that brings together Holst's beloved masterwork, The Planets, with a new work by the popular living composer Eric Whitaker called Deep Field. The performances are Friday and Saturday evening at 7.30 and Sunday afternoon at 3 in the Belk Theater. And here by telephone to talk about the concerts, the uh, Charlotte Symphony's music director, Christopher Warren Green. So, Maestro, it's great to have you uh, back on the podcast. Great to be back. Thank you. Why don't we um, just start by talking about Eric Whitaker's piece, Deep Field. This is such an unusual piece uh, with an unusual concept, and I'm curious... is this a type of a premiere? Actually, not a premiere of the piece. Um, that was um, done back in 2015 in Minneapolis and then again at the proms at the Royal Albert Hall in London. But what we are doing is the premiere of a, a brand new film. The film that accompanies the piece is called The Impossible Magnitude of Our Universe. And uh, this film is <clears throat> actually cut to go with the music. And I should explain really a little bit about it. Uh, Eric's music, uh, those of you who heard him give a speech in Charlotte a few years ago, um, will know that he's a very charismatic uh, and very different composer. Um, The the music itself um, is very like his choral music, um, which perhaps he's more famous for, I don't know. Um, But... um, what he's written here is completely inspired by images that were sent back from the Hubble Space Telescope. And the, the, the fascinating thing about these images which you see is that there are, it reveals over 3,000 galaxies that had never been previously seen. This is music primarily for orchestra, but are there choral parts in it? Well, that's what makes it such a wonderful companion to hold the planet. Although I have to say, and I can say more about it (laughs) later, but the planet suite of Holst is about astrology, not astronomy. Mm. But uh, Holst uses a a ladies' choir, or yeah, ladies' choir in in, uh, the end of the piece. And Eric has brought a choir in. He's most famous, perhaps, for the virtual choir. Those who are very into the internet will be able to see his virtual choir and hear it. If you Google it, you'll find it. So he has the choir coming in at the end, and the rest of the piece is a a fairly big orchestra like the Planet Suite. But unlike the Planet, it's very much all atmospheric music. Um, It's not made up of tunes, but it's made up of phenomenal colors and harmonies. And, of course, the uh, film really complements that. And I did have a little bit of a sneak peek um at the film. I won't tell people how to find it because we want them to come to the concert. Um, but you described the the music as being very atmospheric. And um, I would say that's definitely the case. You, you get the feeling that these two things are supposed to go together. And can you say a little bit more about Eric Whitaker's orchestral writing? Because I think most of us, especially uh, those of us at WDAV, have probably heard more of his choral music. Yeah, it's a very good question. I mean, you could say that the way Eric writes for orchestra is the way he writes for choir. I mean, it's, uh, as I say, big orchestration. You can't really describe um, without, in, in some ways, you might put people off. It's not atonal. It's not jarring in any way. Um, but there are what we call sound clusters of very close intervals. 
and uh, fabulous harmonies that just reveal you don't need the film with the piece. Let me put it that way. It's uh, it's it's great music, I'm, and I'm a, a fan of Ericsson, and not just because he's a friend. You know, when you think about music being written for film, how wonderful it would have been if Mozart had written for film. And, and uh, this is different. This is film that's been written to the music, if you like. But um, back in history, you know, Shostakovich wrote film music, so did William Walton. All sorts of great composers wrote for film music. And it's a, it's a great shame in this day and age that we live where we're so audiovisual that we don't have more of the great composers writing for film and film writing for music. I think it would put a different um, face. And we're good at that in America. Here. We're good at doing that kind of thing and being open for uh, new new innovations in that way. Like I say, if Mozart had been uh, be able to write for film, can you imagine how good that would have been? Yeah. Well, I, I guess there really are a, a, a whole group of composers out there that are writing, or I guess they would be considered multimedia um artists in a way, because I, my understanding is that writing for games, writing music for games is is quite uh, common and, and a, a pretty big deal. Um, so, yeah, this whole... Well, that would certainly have stopped. I, I think uh, that, that might have stopped most of the time in a pauper's grave. But there are some <laughs> people who would uh, would um, be, uh, think that what I'm saying is sacrilege. But, uh, you know, we, we live in an age where I think we need to be addressing the modern uh, uh, technology, especially as, you know, I mean, only halfway back in the last century, music was something that happened in a room with musicians. And now, it, you know, it just happens everywhere and, uh, and through all sorts of different technological things. And I think the point to be made there is that music works best live. And the Charlotte Symphony is starting to have great success by playing film scores to the big screen, for instance, La... Last weekend, I think it was the, the symphony played um, for Home Alone, and people came in their droves. And uh, that's really what I'm trying to get at: is that the medium of film and audiovisual, like opera and ballet, could be a future for new music. Well, in that in that vein, there's actually an interesting twist, right, to this Eric Whitaker a participatory twist using a different uh, type of technology. Uh, aren't people being encouraged to bring their smartphones and use an app during the Eric Whitaker? Yes, absolutely. How, it's, how um, does that work? It's just so typical of Eric to write something that is, you know, I mean, his virtual choir had, I don't know how many, I mean, thousands, things, millions, I don't know how many singers all in a choir that uh, sent in their, uh, their renditions of bits of music that he'd written and he put it all together on, uh, technologically and had this incredible virtual choir. This um, is an app that when you come to the concert, normally you'd uh, hear us saying, please put away your mobile phones, we don't want any of that. In this concert, I'm actively encouraging people to bring their phones and download the app. It's very simple, it's just called Deep Field. And a certain point in the score, which I'm going to have to figure out how I'm, how I'm going to do that because this has not been done to the film live before. It's, say, it's a premiere for the orchestra. Uh, if they're watching the, uh, the the films and not me at a certain point in the score, they won't know that it's time to play the app. All you do is download Deep Field and follow the instructions, and it gives you a play button. And when I cue the audience from the stage, it plays what is on the app. And I'm not going to tell anybody what's on the app. 
because you have to come and experience it. What will be amazing is, can you imagine the sounds all around the theatre, a huge theatre, not just coming from the stage, but from every single seat in the auditorium. And shortly after that's done, the choir starts to sing uh, as well. So it's it's a very exciting concept. And, uh, and I think Eric is doing great work in these ways to sort of bring... Uh, most of the modern uh, technologies and instruments that are available to us into the concert hall. Yeah, I think it's really smart, and I think it should be actually a lot of fun for the audience. Mm -hmm. Oh, it's a great piece. It will be very enjoyable, and it really does complement Gustav Holt's Planet Suite, which is, of course, a ever popular piece. So let's talk about the planets then. Um, Just go ahead and give us some background on it and, and compare it or how is it how is Eric Whitaker's well, work complementary? Strangely enough, I think many people uh think that Gustav Holt's Planet Suite is about the planets. It's uh unlike Eric Whitaker's Deep Field, which is all about galaxies and space, Gustav Holt's Planet Suite, which is written a lot longer ago, is actually about astrology. He became fascinated with um, uh, telling people's telling uh, people's fortunes, and uh, each movement is really ab- about that. It's uh, I'm afraid to say nothing to do with planets at <laughs> all, really, except that the planets are to do with astrology. So it's really more about the alignment but, of planets and and how they influence. Yeah, so it's us. astrological, not astronomical. That that's why, which is why the Earth. Isn't included, mm. although neither is the sun and the moon. But uh, and also the the it, it's a lot of horoscope things. But it, it's an incredible piece of music, and I think one of the reasons that it's been so popular over the years is that apart from being beautiful, it has a lot of influences from Schoenberg and Stravinsky and Richard Strauss and people like that. But it, it there's and also there's the fantastic tune which later became. Um, I vow to the my country, which uh, Holst, of course, did himself. So that's almost like a household thing. But I, I do know that Holst was very disappointed that it became his most popular piece, and I, I've got that firsthand, really, for, from his uh, from my rather my harmony professor at the Royal Academy of Music, who actually studied with Holst when she was a, a young girl at the St Paul's School in Hammersmith where Holt taught up until his his death. And she told me a wonderful story. I mentioned that uh, the Planet Suite um, is influenced by Schoenberg and Stravinsky. Um, In fact, um, he did, the planets are called um, uh, seven movements, which lines up with, uh, or seven pieces for orchestra, if you like, which lines up with Schoenberg's five pieces for orchestra. But Margaret Hubicki told me that when she was a little girl and the planets was first performed, she couldn't understand how such a lovely old man could write such horribly modern music. And of course, nowadays, that's the last concept anybody would have. Of um, And she was a composer herself later in life, so of course she came to understand it. But like a lot of new music, when you hear it for the first time, and it's the same as the truth of Eric Whitaker's music, it's not always immediately accessible. One has to, you know, focus on it and uh, give it the, the space and time that it means. So wh- why was he disappointed that it was 
so pop- uh, popular or so well liked, and, and it is influential. Um, did he not recognize that? No, he felt he had written much better music. Which music? I don't know. But he, he and he had written an awful lot of great music. But the, the, the planets just suddenly became so popular um, that, uh, it, you know, he, he just wished that he could be recognized as something else, I suppose. It, like, I, I, I don't understand what's in the mind of a composer so much in, in those uh, regards. But uh, And certainly it wasn't much later... On that, uh, all his music started to be uh, become popular and uh, get the kind of recognition it deserved. Well, before I uh, let you go, I wanted to ask you also about um, something special that you're planning for later in the holiday season, and that's the CSO's first New Year's Eve concert. Well, I'm delighted that we're doing it, and I think everyone's delighted because we wanted to give our audience a proper New Year, if you like. And of course, everyone knows about the New Year's Day concert from Vienna which is all Johann Strauss' family music. And it is a wonderful way to see in the new year. We've actually added, in, dare I say, a bit of the American Strauss. There's a bit of Gershwin in the program. But it's supposed to be um, a celebration of Johann Strauss' music, but, you know, to herald in the new year. Where will it be? In the Night Theatre, which is a lovely atmosphere, and I think it'll be perfect for this kind of music. How long have you been wanting to do this? Just wondering. Uh, since I first arrived in Charlotte, which is uh, eight years ago, <laughs> so I'm really <laughs> pleased that we're going to be doing it. And I hope that it'll be a tradition of holidays going forward into the future. My guest has been the Charlotte Symphony's music director, Christopher Warren Green. He'll conduct the performances Friday and Saturday evening at 7.30 and Sunday afternoon at 3 in the Belk Theater. The concert program features a new work by Eric Whitaker called Deep Field as well as Holst the Planets. Maestro, thanks so much for speaking with me. And for the Piedmont Arts Podcast, I'm Rachel Stewart. Subscribe to this podcast at wdav.org slash subscribe. And follow us on Facebook for classical music news, humor, and programming updates. WDAV is a service of Davidson College supported by listeners like you. Find us on the radio at 89.9 FM and HD1, streaming at wdav.org, or on our mobile app, available at Google Play and the iTunes App Store.